Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg, Nick Hare and Jordan Fermanis of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing bending the knee. Listeners, you, you can't see this, but I'm sure you already knew this. I'm I'm, I'm sort of here on the floor um, in front of Nick. Nick, please impart on the your, carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impart your wisdom to us, please. And why would we want to talk about Ben? Yeah. Well, I know you're not much of a news hound, Fraser. No, but, I'm not. No. So I probably need to update you a bit. But um, you remember the Queen? Yeah, I remember. Well, she, yeah, well, yeah, she's yeah, of course. Died. She's, what? So we've now got uh, what they call a king, oh. King Charles the Third. Okay. Right. Is now the monarch. And in a weird twist, the same's happened to Jordan, <laughs> who's an Australian. They've got a new king there as well. Same guy, actually. Right. So, yeah. um, so it's, it's and, and various other countries, <laughs> similar changeover at the same time. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing was obviously lots of ceremonial stuff going on with the with the funeral and the. Yeah. This, all is, a, of the this kind is a week of, or two after all this happened. Yeah, and all the yeah. stuff that happened there. Um, but also the, we had. There's a ceremony called the accession, which yeah. is not uh, the coronation. That happens. It's a big organised thing, which takes ages to arrange. The accession is is when uh, effectively when Parliament says yes, you can be the new king. Um, and uh, but there's a lot of deference, a lot of kind of you know your highness here and people scurrying around trying to get him a new pen, mm. and uh, you know treating him like a king. Yeah, which he is. So yeah. fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> or is it? Yeah. Do we, what is deference all about? Uh, do people, do kings and stuff, do they deserve that level of deference? Is uh, deference, who does deserve it, if anyone? Is it an anachronism? Lots of questions to do with, with deference, yeah. really. And also, you know, I wonder about hierarchy as well. Does everyone need a, everyone gets a bit of deference? Well, it's Except are they the, the same? Uh, is deference? Do you need a different deference for a hierarchy? All these questions, mm. we will fail to answer. <laughs> See what we can do. Yeah. Um, okay. So, as you say, lots of questions there. Well, how do we go about this? How do we start this? Um, who wants to kick us off? Um, we could still go with you, Nick, or jo who wants to jump in, Chris? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because you know there's obviously a requirement to define what what deference is how it works and I, I know Nick was going to sort of uh, talk about that a, a little bit but I, I think you know regardless of, of, of how you you categorize it in, in my mind it, it's sort of some some way of demonstrating subordination or, or submission or respect of some source of authority that is in a person really I, I, I think um, and what what I think is interesting is that it, it seems to be all around us. So people think institutional type uh, shows of deference, like with with um, a monarch, uh, but actually it, it's it's everywhere in all sorts of uh, different setups. So you know we we clearly need it for the functioning of things. It's you know you look at um, religious leaders get get deference, political leaders get get deference. Um, 
people, leaders of all kinds are shown deference in the business world and, you know, in, in other places. What's the difference, do you think, between deference and respect? Uh, I think deference is, um, an, uh, respect is, is not um, something that is so obviously demonstrated. Deference is about showing that you have respect for somebody and that you submit to their their power effectively. But I think it's it's um, part of it is an externalization of all of that that power hierarchy. Exactly, I think you're right because also you mentioned submission and then you said power hierarchy. I think in respect, you know, you could two people on the same level and both you know could each you know it could be mutual respect, for example. Whereas deference is something about you're more important than me, maybe, or you you before me. And uh, and it's and it's dem it's demonstrating that so that both parties understand it clearly by some set of rules. That's that's and the, yeah. Both parties and everyone else as well. So yeah, yeah. you think so. It's, it, it, when I think of like examples of deference, it's like the judge walks into the court, people stand up, you know, yeah. and uh, same with a head teacher coming into a, to a, you know, there, it, there's sort of um, kowtowing or or bowing or doing some obvious service for someone that demonstrates that. This, this feels like there's lots of anthropological stuff going on here. Um, but also, also, it reminds me, I once got in trouble for not standing up um, yeah, when the judge came in. Why is standing up a sign um, of deference? And I was the normally accused, you try so to I make yourself lower. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, Nick, you were, tra just, you were trampling really all over my it. mini anecdote there. What did you say? Yeah, I just don't understand why standing up is it's an odd display of deference, isn't it? I, I think what, it's what because it you're seated and you're relaxed and you're in no way you, you, you're comfortable and then and then somebody comes in who you're to show deference to and so you inconvenience yourself <laughs> symbolically mm. you show yourself isn't it why not why could it then just as well easily have been hitting yourself in the face yes right but if you're so anti it why do you make the rest of us do it when you start when you come in the well room? indeed yeah um but I want now to, i know why yeah is to make exactly really now uncomfortable. Is that, exactly yeah. i want to come to jordan you want to say before you do before you do i'm just really interested it makes me think about why because often we like to 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 just to show deference and i want to come on to that because that's something we saw a bit in the in, in recent weeks jordan sorry i just think on that difference between respect and deference i think also another thing is that respect is generally seen to you need to earn respect whereas mm. i think there's something about deference where it's just it's given without necessarily that person deserving it or seemingly doing anything to deserve it it's yeah. just it's expected whereas i feel like with respect yeah you, there's a certain amount of Oh, well, I respect that person because of what they've done or what they've achieved. Or, or yeah, with know. deference, it feels more like it's a bit more static and a bit mm. more a status as well. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and I also think there's an element of deference which is not related to the person or their capabilities, but related to the role and the function. You give you give deference to a position, whereas you give respect to a person. Nice, I well, like that. Okay, so. I, I don't know if uh, I feel like there's some there's a, there is a sort of um, yeah okay take a position that regardless of the thing um, that is if if someone's a king they're going to be a king the whole time right um, what I was thinking was that you can have deference on a case by case basis so for example if I was you know if if my piano tuner turned up started tuning the piano and then said and I said oh can I help 
And he said, yeah, tweak that thing there and bang that there. I do what he said because I would be that would be def I'd be deferential to him in the uh, in the tuning of a piano. That's or not if, really deference. But I, I think it is like what is deference ultimately than saying that you'll do what someone asks you to do. Like that's what being deferential ultimately. What does it mean in practice? Right. It means that that what they no, say. No, it doesn't. Is, well, what, it's what not. does it mean? I then? think because I think actually Chris hit upon so, it as well. It, OK, define it. You in just a way asked that, me. Define I'm it behaviorally. Okay. Don't define it in terms no, of attitude. No, define no, it listen. Behaviorally. OK, you've asked. I want to answer. Yeah. And which I'm is, but I know how you're going to answer, and I'm stopping you from I've doing got a bit, I've it. Got why, a bit, so, why bloody ask the question? Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. Not no, but I'm just answer. telling you not to answer it in the way that I know you're going no, to. Well, I'm going to surprise you. All right, go on then. So the blow answer, my brains off. The answer is, are you ready? Yeah, I can talk. Yeah. Yeah. So the answer is is that demonstration. Okay, it's the the showingness of it. Okay, so with a piano tuner, it's just you and the piano tuner there. Okay, and in one sense you're submitting, but what's absent is presuming it's just the two of you there. Is that there's not a whole load of other people watching. Okay, or to witness that you are um, submitting to him. So I, therefore, I don't think that counts as as as. Uh, but you're deference. talking about displays of deference. Well, I th no, no. But I are think, you saying that's no, not the same deference. as deference? No, no, no. I think it is though. I think an element. Of of deference is that public display? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think there's also another bit. Did I answer it in a way you expected or well, not? Uh, although, even if you disagree. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. There but, you go. But I d it seems obviously wrong. Okay. Uh, the thing I was going to no. going to add was um, <laughs> that um, if the, you sort of submit to the the piano tuner's um, every whim a, a, opinion because they're expert in the thing they're expert in. And, but if they said to you, um, you know, pick the piano up and drop it on your foot, you wouldn't do, right? But I think with deference, there's... Well, if there's... the Queen told me to do that, I wouldn't do it. No, I know you wouldn't. <laughs> if, it, but, but... if it was 500 years ago, you, you would have, for well, sure. Maybe. But I think there's, a, there's an element with deference, which is that um, it's an... Apart from the uh, fact the piano wouldn't have existed. But anyway, go on. Sorry. It's an unquestioning loyalty as opposed to... So, yes, if somebody said to you now... Go, but, but in, you know, I, I mean, in, in extreme terms, you know, you look at all those biblical stories about the things, you know, people um, effectively submit to the will of God and, and, dis, and in order to display their deference might do all sorts of self-destructive stuff. I'll do whatever you say up to a point... Uh, whereas in the other example, you're sort of saying, OK, you know about this. At this stage, it's in my interests to follow what you do. Yeah. And I think also connected to my brilliant point earlier on, which was really Chris's, is that I think there's an element of hierarchy in society and, and saying this is where you fit in. And, and I'm acknowledging that that's where you fit in and also where I fit in. And although I, and I guess sort of secondary to that is. Um, although I'm deferring to you, I guess, you know, we, we get into like John Cleese, Ronnie Barker kind of thing and um, middle class, upper class, all that business. But I still want to talk about at some point why we might like that. There's something people like to 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 show deference. But anyway, I, um, Jordan, I would say that in Nick's example of the piano tuner, it's not deference because there's not a status imbalance between you and the piano tuner. I think there has to be a. You, that would be just taking the advice of an expert. Yeah, I it's think, just as, a skills imbalance. Say, but I think and that's not this, yeah. Deference is that societal level, that status hierarchy. And I think that yeah, needs to be... it's less bounded, I suppose. Mm. So the piano tuner, you'd go, okay, right, I'll do what you asked me to do on the, on the piano front. But when you display deference, you're like, you've more or less got carte blanche to tell me what to do. 
and I'm sort of saying that I will respect your authority on a broader level. Now, I, I get your point, Nick, about actually there's a sort of, you can have compartmentalized deference, but I think there's an element of deference, which is that it shouldn't be compartmentalized. Yeah, it's not true deference. Well, I just think that's a, you're doing a, yeah, you're just, it's a sort of if by whiskey type argument, you know. What? It's, Oh, if you don't if know what that is, I can't be, I can't, if you don't know what that is, I can't be bothered to explain it. But the point is that yeah, you're um, you're obfuscating because you just lost that argument. I, there isn't even an argument. Look, I'm just saying that um, you, you you're using a, de a definition of deference, which I think is just way too narrow and is is based on displays and kind of edge cases like kings. I think you're missing that deference. Literally means just doing what someone tells you. Like what else? Well, I mean? suppose it, in uh, a sense, I mean, it means you defer to right. Them. That's what. So, yeah. so let's start there. I mean, and then then you can say, okay, well, there's a particularly narrow kind of deference where you'll do literally what anyone tells okay. you. But even in the case of no, the Queen but, and the piano example, um, I guess you know, on a point that's of, not true. On a point of but pedantry, you, but I just, you might sorry, have just this. on the issue of God, if God's telling you to do it. Well, fair enough. I mean, he does literally know everything. Yeah. Right. So. In that circumstance, it makes sense. If you've got like a God type figure who knows everything, then presumably, you know, it does make sense to defer to them. But actually, it's what the... are you going to do? Tell God he's wrong. But actually, what we are, do want to talk about is what we all really understand by deference. You know, that's how we, we led this in with the Queen and bending yeah, the knee. To, we all know that we're talking about to that. A, a, an actual right, observable thing. Okay, fair enough. I think at its root. What it is, is doing what someone tells you to do, right? Now, now then you say, okay, well, how does, do you, so do you need, now in my, under that definition, very broad definition, you can't have a hierarchy without deference. It's literally the same thing. A hierarchy, a power hierarchy where someone says, okay, here's what you're, you need to do and you do it is the same as deference. They're the same thing. But, but if you mean sort of bowing and scraping, if you mean sort of displays of deference, then that's different. Then I think there is a difference. You know, you, you can have you can have a power hierarchy without bowing and scraping. So leading on from there, maybe this is what you're saying. Well, is, is, well, I can understand why you might defer to a uh, piano tuner because he knows what he's doing. So why would you defer in in a, in a monarchy? And I think there are some perhaps clear answers, but we're getting more to this displays thing, Chris. Yeah, well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, I think, you know, one one place where a lot of um, where you see power hierarchies in, in action is in in nature, in um, you know, with pack animals or um, domestic dogs, obviously dis display deference yeah. and so on, and um, tribes of primates, and, and stuff, so but... and pecking orders, yeah, you know, so so they they do seem to abound in nature, but interestingly, I, I think. Deference and shows of deference are sort of bound up with one another because if nobody knows what the pecking order is, it's difficult for the pecking order to exist. And and the reason why, you know, what deference I, I think is about in this in this context is, um, you know, you have three animals, you know, which are, rel you know, one is relatively stronger than all of them. One's in the middle and one's at the bottom. Right. Um, now, how do they know that? Right. Well, because maybe they've had a fight at some stage and they've established that, but they don't need to keep on having that fight. Right. They can recognize, hey, I know you're bigger than me. And so you get first choice of the of the, you know, the banana or something um, by 
demonstrating that and letting them go go first or by you know as animals do show showing deference to one another by bowing and, and scraping so i think what the what the shows of deference are about is about um signaling mm. the existence of the power hierarchy without having to demonstrate it based on whatever the capability is all the time. I think that was nicely said, I agree. Yeah, and that gives you that, stability and security for everybody. Yeah. And that sort of explains why uh, there's a difference between... You might think that with someone who's superior to you, has power over you, that the sorts of displays you'd see would be fear-related, like self-protection, but they're more about showing vulnerability, aren't they? Like lowering yeah, your head. Yeah, rolling on or your back. Right, and exactly, you know. right, lying prostrate, prostrate yeah. and, uh, and you know, so, yeah. So that sort of explains it, really. It's like saying, okay, I've, I'm just going to go straight in and say I've lost this fight, and I'm going to be in a position where you can you can uh, kill me if you want to. Yeah. Like I'm not posing a threat. And I'm therefore, that you makes you feel fight. safe. The, and the, then, the yeah, and then therefore, yeah, yeah. you know, you. But I'll take a banana, please. But you go first. Nice. And I think that's kind of how it links into respect. Is because when a high status member of the group uh, gives respect to a low status member, that sort of that sort of dignity of being seen as reasonable keeps that low status member involved in the um in the group so it's like the, the, the deference is what kind of ties the kind of the hierarchy yeah. together everyone's got something to win in that mm. yeah and i i think i so i think there's 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 sort of two elements to to deference there's this sort of social practical one right which is that we accept the the natural order of things and sometimes we might collectively demonstrate that to to one another so for example in that court setting I was talking about, you know, we all stand up when the judge comes in because we're all saying we're we're going to be deferential to the judgment that comes out of this court, and that means we don't need to argue about things. We we're all accepting the law and, and showing that. So there's that sort of practical element of society functions better when you've when you've got certain acceptance of authority or perhaps hierarch hierarchical systems. Um, and so so th there's that element. But I also think, which kind of touches on what you were talking about, um, Fraser, there's a psychological element to deference, right? Which is, uh, you know, people get pleasure out of receiving deference or, and giving deference. And uh, there's something there about why we might want to, to give deference. And I, I think there's an element which is actually... Um, Phew, that's off our shoulders. We we don't have to, like, you know, we accept this authority. They're in charge. Thank goodness for that. I don't have to carry the, the weight of the world upon my, my shoulders. And, and there's actually, um, there's a study I came across, which I think sort of slightly backs that up, which was about savannah baboons. Mm. Um, and uh, they were looking at the stress hormones. Of, oh, that's Robert Sapolsky. The, the, the stress hormone in baboons. It's exactly. quite a yeah. long name for a baboon, yeah. but anyway. Yeah. Precisely. And um, so he was he was sort of uh, looking at this idea that, you know, the baboons at the at the top of the hierarchy um, have, you know, more sort of um, stress hormones. Heavy uh, as the crown. Heavy as the crown, exactly. Um, the ones at the bottom also don't have a great life and have a more you know uh, um, oh, more so stressful middle in guys the, in the, the middle guys are the are the happiest guys because they get a reasonable deal and they um and they they don't have to 
shoulder the responsibility of perhaps you know another greyback turning up or well, that, that's gorillas but uh, mm. you know another another dominant male turning up and and clobbering you over the yeah. head yeah yeah so. well so uh, there was an interesting study i found called uh, the origins of deference by anderson 2012 um where they looked at uh whether at sort of respect versus rank and um uh, the, kind of on the hypothesis that everyone wants to be high status. And, mm. and he said uh, they kind of tested um, looking at sort of group behavior, uh, whether people wanted to be uh, high rank or high respect, um, you know, in terms of sort of your formal, where are you in this group hierarchy versus are people, you know, giving respect to your, your views and stuff. It turns out everyone wants respect. Everyone wants that. What sort but, of groups did he use as samples? Um, I, uh, can't can't remember. Okay. The, um, but I think they had tasks to perform. They like had you know like here's a group task that you have to do. Um, but the, uh, the people wanted to be wanted to have a rank that was actually suitable to their abilities. Like if they felt they could contribute, they couldn't contribute very much to the group. They were happy to be low rank. That I think gives you a kind of sense of um, why people like being in the right place yeah. in a hierarchy you know that you you sort of think well okay we, it's going to be much better if we can get things done we can get things done more as a, as a society as a group as an organization if we're all contributing in the best way and the yeah. point is that not everyone is got a, is going to be a leader you yeah. can't have an organization made up entirely of leaders mm. and it did it made me think of it reminded me of a chap i used to know who was an officer in the um one of the household cavalry mm. you know the very poshest yeah, yeah. regiments yeah. and he cultivated a special posh demeanor for himself as well he wasn't particularly posh in the background but he he'd deliberately poshed himself up and i said why is it that you know if you're a really good soldier mm. you know other ranks type soldier private soldier why would you want to go into the household cavalry and be led by a bunch of chinless toffs yeah. and not into the paras and be yeah. like an elite fighting re and he said why is it that like the paras aren't the most senior regiment why is it a bunch of um you know sort of uh port quaffing yeah toffs? jeremy uh, farquhar you know and he said that a lot of people a lot of soldiers like like it they like being in a hierarchy where you're actually told what to do by people who feel like you're so actual social superiors. Mm. Whereas, um, you know, in the paras, your your officers are more likely to be drawn from similar social circles and, to yeah. your own. You know, I thought that was a really interesting observation. Yeah. But it but it does sort of tie into that. Yeah. And it confirms that great academic study, um, the Richard Sharp novels <laughs> as well, where at the beginning when he famously he's come up from the ranks and he's a sort of a gutter snipe um, and the soldiers don't like it because he's actually one of us. He's not a, he's not an officer. He's a soldier. Um, and, you know, so. It's good that those two sort of, like I say, that, that academic thing matches up with that anecdote there. Um, nice. I feel we've got somewhere with this. We're making progress. Um, what, what else can we do? Um, where, where, where can we go with this? So I think a lot of the tone when people have been talking about the, you know, the kind of ceremony associated with King Charles coming to the throne has been negative. Right. <clears throat> and so there's a question of, so we talked about what deference is and sort of where it comes from and why you might need it. But um, it, should we, does King Charles deserve in mm. some sense the, lev the sort of deference that he gets? Um, and 
or you know is well is there is there room for that kind of thing these days i suppose these very sort of uh, you know uh, medieval looking um displays yeah. which are suited perhaps to a genuine warrior king yeah but not to the kind of const- fairly powerless constitutional monarch of the kind that we have now so you know and does it matter that he's does his personality matter? Exactly. That, that's, that's so what I was going to say. Jordan looks like he wants to say something, but I was, what I was going to say is, should he should he receive the same deference as his mother? Um, anyway, Jordan. I was just going to add that, um, yeah, these the this idea of deference feels like it was formed when society was perhaps more collectivist or there was more of a, um, a group kind of mentality, but now that we're in a more individualistic society, perhaps I wonder if deference is as relevant or holds the same kind of power as it once did right because you can see you need it in a, in a troop of 50 chim- chimpanzees do you need it in you know in in a globalized world and and i yeah i don't know yeah i mean i i th- i think i think you you need the ceremony and the ritual i would i would argue almost more because mm. in the past the legitimacy of the monarchy was was less questioned by the um you know, by the population. Uh, whereas now, y- you, you you have rightly got people. You know, uh, the idea of a, of a monarch is de- democratically indefensible, right? And um, but what you what you do, what what's something like a coronation is all about. And there's a very good scene in um, the TV series The Crown uh, that shows the the coronation of um, uh, of. Queen Elizabeth II, but it, what it really gets across is the idea of transforming this person, somebody from a person, to an institution, and 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 uh, and you know the ceremony involves all sorts of magical mysticism of objects and screams and um, and and effectively that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to elevate this person from just somebody like us to somebody who we can collectively be deferential to for our um, collective collective benefits. And I can see why, as you say, the, why the ceremony and ritual is crucial to that, I feel. Which actually brings me on to, that made me think, this is, could be a nice point to finish up on. Um, anything, anyone got anything urgent they want to say? Uh, um, go on, Jordan. Kind of, just on that last point that Chris, I, I just wonder if... The pageantry and the ceremony is what creates the deference rather than is a product of it. Is it both maybe though? Maybe. But I wonder if we feel deferential because we see like all the, you know, we have jubilees and we have ceremonies and pageantry and all these things. And that that, uh, creates this sense of like over... Oaring and you it know, must we, be the case. Mm. Yeah, you know those you always hear about these, don't you? The Nordic royals who go who, who work in the post office and take What's the, the bike point? to work. Uh, yeah. yeah, why would you feel deferential? Yeah, but, I, but yeah. I, w- I don't think you would. No, I think you'd feel comfortable having a chat yeah. with them. Yeah, you know. Whereas what you want is what you want is someone who you've you know you're worried you might get the wrong form of address or pick up the wrong spoon. Why dream? I bet I bet Norwegians don't dream about dropping off the post with you know the princess. Mm. Whereas Brits are famously, of course, we dream about having tea with the Queen. Um, it's, it's it's the number one ambition for all British yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Of course, now it will be forever a dream because we'll have to do it with the King instead. 
nicely placed. Cup of tea with the king. Cup of tea with the king. Still, I would go for that. Um, look, to finish off, um, I think we should, you know, the elephant in the room, um, we need to talk a little bit about, you know, when you're talking about ceremony and ritual, you talked about one end of it there, which is the coronation. Are you happy to talk? Should we talk about the funeral briefly? Okay. Yeah, go on. Um, and what your thoughts were. And I guess, you know, chuck them out. Chuck it out there. What are your thoughts? I, mean, I presume you watched it. I think we need to go. I think we should start off with uh, Chris, and then I want to hear the colonial point of view. Um, and Chris, Jordan as representative for all Australians, <laughs> for the Canadians, whole... and New Zealanders. Yeah, and in fact, yeah. the whole Commonwealth. Yeah. The whole Commonwealth. <laughs> um, Chris. Yeah, I think so. My my personal sense was uh, that um, that I felt there was an incredible amount of national hysteria about it right um uh and and uh, and in fact i was on a sort of whatsapp group where people were sending around amusing examples of respect so like um you know the kids tv character bing no but um, yes he's a big sort of rabbit furry rabbit thing and there was this ride you know the rides you put 20p in yeah. and your kids go on when they're about two and it right goes, somebody had slapped a a sign on that saying in in a pub corner of a pub somewhere saying in respect of the uh, of the queen's death this ride will be temporarily suspended so there were all sorts of examples like that which i felt were very miscalculated but i nevertheless felt a sense of the history of of the change of monarch you know and and actually a sense of like well crikey they kept her going right until the end yeah. she was doing stuff that's that's a pretty decent feat of public service right so i was like you know that so so i i felt personally moved on two respects one is this is a bit too much and another which is well you know actually she did deserve some respect the ceremony itself or lots of the ceremonial stuff around it i just loved it absolutely you know watching people in archaic uniforms marching up and down is pretty fascinating and um yeah uh, and there's always uh, that the thing where you get a picture of somewhere near whitehall yeah and in the background someone goes Richard! and then yeah. and then suddenly drums start yeah it's very cool I, and so I think similar for me, I think my sort of reaction and what I was kind of looking forward to, and I felt a little bit guilty going, I'm quite looking forward to this funeral. It's going to be a corker, this one, um, is is that ritual, the ceremony, um, and especially all the soldiers marching up and down. And actually, I think a nice element, actually, and I think they commented on it was, you know, when it's going past all these places you see when you're going about London, but also when you've seen the Queen and the Royal Family in those places, whether it be Buckingham Palace, where it be the Cenotaph, etc. But you're seeing in a different context that kind of rounds it all up but um yeah just all those soldiers and the marching and all that business i, I loved it um but also uh, yeah and also i was moved as well but also uh, an element of pride no country is perfect um but i do think there's something quite sort of unique i would suggest um that the uk can do that and i was looking on every single news site as well not every bit around the world and it was blanket coverage on your news of, wall yes <laughs> but blanket coverage around the on the front line of every single news thing in the whole globe which i think is quite remarkable um and um there was one other thing i was going to say that i've forgotten um uh, da, 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 bear with me oh yeah and also the sense of history because you can't just it's a bit like um you might buy Middlesbrough Football Club and pump loads of money into it, but 
and that might be okay for a bit, but it's not really sustainable. It's not really a real thing. You can't just magic this stuff. All that ceremony, all those different um, elements is literally built up over a thousand years, you know, and you can't just replicate that. So I thought it was quite special. That's my sort of, gotta, yeah. So uh, Jordan, thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, as you were just saying, it felt very British. It felt very, it felt very much like something that the British do quite well, the pageantry thing. And I think from a colonial Commonwealth perspective, it probably threw up some questions as mm. to, you know, like there wasn't much about the Commonwealth. I mean, there were people. I thought there was loads, but I'm not, I'm not from the I Commonwealth, don't know. It so maybe did, it, I, it just, know. I felt like they wouldn't shut up about the Australians. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 but, it, yeah but it also it, had all those it, Mounties leading the whole bloody Yeah, thing. yeah, no, that's true, actually, you did. But it just, um, I think it threw up questions of like, why is someone from another country our head of state, perhaps? Because it just feels like they're very much... It is a British institution. Although there is the Commonwealth aspect, there is something uniquely... It seems like it stands for Britain. Mm. I, know te- I know technically Australia is independent now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, is it? We all know it's basically British. Uh, Isn't um, it? Basically. It basically, is. well, for the moment. <laughs> even technically it is. Yeah. Um, Nick? Yeah, like, like everyone else, I'd really enjoyed the, the ceremony. Um I'm a monarchist, I suppose, because I'm a sort of empirical conservative in the sense that I think keeping things the same um, is generally better than trying to change them. And um, I I am slightly baffled by all these people who are sort of, you know, uh, oh, let's get rid of the monarchy. King Charles is stupid. They're all the same people who have been going on about how stupid President Trump is, for example. I mean, that's what you'd get if you didn't have, you know, if we didn't have an unelected head of state, we'd have an elected one. And that's not going to be any better, is it? And yeah, so no one, I don't think even most monarchists think that King Charles or Queen Elizabeth, for that matter, has earned their status no Mm. one thinks that no one thinks if we started from scratch and voted for a king it would be him that we go for that's not the point right the point is that all of this stuff is there really just to cement that bit of the constitution and to say right well we've got this institution which is technically the head of state isn't really doesn't do anything but you know it's technically there and it has this thousand plus year years of history behind it and um you know, uh, that sense of like, well, this is st- stable. We're in a country where it hasn't, doesn't really, we don't have radical shakeups a lot. Mm. We can all sleep a bit easier in our beds knowing that, you know, probably in 100 or 500 years, you know, maybe it'll be pretty similar. They'll still be doing similar things. And that's nice. People like that. So I, I you know, I'm a fan. Mm. Um, and actually, I'm more of a fan, I think, of King Charles than most people seem to be. Everyone, He's still got this reputation for being a bit sort of, you know, a bit of a kind of plonker, mm. um, which I think has come out of the press coverage of his statements from the 80s and 90s. I think that perception has is still around that he's a kind of, well, what, let, what were those zany things about? Sustainable development, yeah, environment. environmentalism. Yeah, yeah. You know, all these, oh, yeah, totally weird things. I mean, if I was his spin doctors, I would be saying, look, this is what we go for. He's a visionary. He's a thinking visionary guy who saw the writing on the wall and saw these problems years before everyone else. Um, And, in fact, the press was wrong, and we were all wrong to accuse him of being a plonker. And and you're starting to see some of it. We can't go on about this too much, but you're starting to see some of that in unlikely places like The Guardian. Um, hmm. making the kind of points that you're making Good. there as well. Good, um, even I, the Guardian. Even but the I've Guardian, also got yeah. a good example of of a of a uh, respectful 
um, a, a respect for cancellation, which was the Godalming, Just... the Godalming duck race. Oh, really? I was, yeah, I, was, okay. I, was, I was happened to be walking through Godalming uh, about a week before the funeral. and the Going, Godalming... where the hell are all the ducks? <laughs> yeah, the, there's a duck race, <laughs> rubber ducks. Oh, okay. Not real ducks. Um, okay. Anyway, someone had scribbled on it in felt tip, <laughs> cancelled R-I-P-E-2-R all <laughs> over the poster with the rubber duck on. Did you take a photo? I uh, did, yeah. Good. Yeah, I'll show you later. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I just, Charles, I think he's got a chance here. I, got, I think he's got a shot of becoming mm. like a Gandalf-like figure. You know, that's what I reckon. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because, you know, wise sage, but actually you've got to be quite tacit as well now. Um, so, yeah, tacit or taciturn? Tacit. Oh, well, it depends what you mean, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way words work. Big we'll leave, or small. <laughs> yeah, and we'll leave it on that mystery uh, there. there. Um, all right, thank you as always. Thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Jordan Fermanis, Chris Ragg, and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.